Should you sell your home or should you turn it into a rental property? What's the best financial decision? All right, welcome back to Real Life at Level 10. My name is Matt Farnham. This is a show where we discuss insights on real estate leadership and personal growth. So a question that we seem to get more and more now, or a conversation we're having more often, is with homeowners and sellers that are trying to decide, should I sell my home or should I turn it into a rental property? Uh, and that's a great conversation. And I will start with this and say that a good home doesn't necessarily mean a good rental. There's some things that you should consider. For example, how much equity is in the home? What is the return on that equity if you were to rent your property out? And what are your other options that you could use that equity for? So let's dive into this. All right, first let's discuss what it looks like if you have little to no equity in your home. So if you sell your home after all the costs that are involved, do you actually have positive uh, net proceeds? And if that's no, or you're right around break even, then what you really need to consider is your risk tolerance. Now I know at its surface, it seems like it could be a great option. I could rent my home out. If it covers your mortgage, great. You know, it'll start to pay down my mortgage. Uh, I can get appreciation in the market and there could be a, a great outcome. And that's absolutely true. Uh, however, things to consider are your risk tolerance. For example, uh, the markets are cyclical. You know, real estate's always gonna go up over time, but in seasons, it definitely can go down. Uh, so are you in a position with your, with your cash flow and cash reserves where if the market were to soften, if the market were to disappoint you, uh, are you able to handle that value going down? If rents were to go down, which typically would go hand in hand, are you in a position to be in a negative cash flow situation? Uh, and if so, how much for how long before you're really in a difficult place? So you need to plan for that type of uh, stuff, especially vacancies. Uh, you could have a season where you have a vacancy for a month or two or three. And if you're carrying the mortgage, are you in a position to do that? So yes, there could be some great upside with paying down the mortgage, somebody else paying that for you, the appreciation upside potential, of course, but you have to manage the risk tolerance. God forbid we ever see the 2008 to 2000, you know, 10, 11 years again in real estate. And that's a dramatic example, but that's what I'm referring to where a lot of folks made the decision to, to rent their properties because of the, those types of assumptions, but the market disappointed a lot of people, therefore short sales and foreclosures and bankruptcies. So again, um, you know, just things to consider when you're trying to decide if it makes sense to rent your home in a no equity situation. So now let's say if you do have equity in your home, and I'm just gonna use a $100,000 equity example. Now you could have 30, 40,000, 200,000, uh, but just for an example, like let's say you have $100,000 in equity because you'd put a, a big down payment when you bought the home and the market's gone up since then. Uh, but a thing to consider when I'm, when I'm explaining what is your return on your equity is let's say that you could get a tenant into your property and let's say you actually, after management fees and, and operations and vacancies, and you determine that you can make about $100 a month positive cash flow, that sounds great, that's $1,200 a year. Well, if you make $1,200 a year and you keep your $100,000 tied up into your home, you're essentially making $1,200 on your $100,000 equity. That's a 1.2% return on your money. That's when you need to really look at that carefully and say, is this a great rental property for me to keep my equity tied up into? Versus, let's say that you sold that home and you took that $100,000 in equity, and let's say that you went and paid cash for, let's say, a condominium or a small home, or maybe you use that better example might be as a large down payment for a $300,000 home. Uh, and by the time you look at the mortgage on that and the, the cash flow you could get from renting it, 
uh, you're very likely going to conservatively be probably about a 5% return on that same $100,000, if not maybe reasonably a 6 to 7% return if you find the right property in the right neighborhood. And keep in mind, you still have the same appreciation potential whether you keep your same property or put that equity into another investment property. So another example of this is a conversation I've seemed to have recently a few times, and that is maybe some nicer primary residences that have been turned into rental property or the homeowners considering renting their home out. Uh, in some examples where maybe uh, they had purchased it new construction, where maybe they paid a bit of a premium when they bought it, or maybe they've taken out a second mortgage uh, over time. For whatever reason, uh, for what they have into the property, they're almost holding out, waiting to get a number to where they don't feel like they're selling it for less than they paid for it, or that they have into the property. And I'll just caution you, this is a very dangerous way to think because in some of these examples, I've seen homeowners with $200,000, dollars $400,000 in equity in some bigger homes. And let's just talk about $300,000 equity, for example. In that example, um, you know, a lot of these homeowners are probably fortunate to break even on their rental. By the time they have their costs accounted for, management fees and so forth, you know, they're about getting what they're paying each month uh, in mortgage and taxes and HOA fees. Well, in that example, they're getting 0% on their money. So let's say it's $300,000 tied up in that home and you're getting break-even results. That's a 0% return on your $300,000 in equity. And that decision is made solely on the hope and waiting for the home value to come up. So you're hoping for that appreciation. Again, same example, you take that $300,000 and pay cash for a property and again, conservatively, you're going to be a 5% return on a property, probably higher, 6, 7 plus percent return, and you're not paying any interest on a mortgage if you paid cash for it, uh, and still getting the same percentage potential and appreciation. So again, it's not always so simple as, as just looking at my home saying it's a beautiful home that I've enjoyed living in, it makes a great rental property. There are plenty of things that you should be considering. Just a few final thoughts that are important to note. Now, first of all, uh, capital gains. Now, I'm not a tax advisor, so you would want to always seek professional tax you know, counsel from your CPA or whoever, financial advisor. Uh, but keep in mind, too, there's a lot of folks that have primary residences that they want to turn them into a rental home. And again, might be a great option, but you have to be aware of how long you've lived in the property in the last five years. And remember, if you or don't live in your home for two of the last five years, you could put yourself in a position where it could be subject to capital gains tax on any gain you realize in that property. And let's say you rent the home with a, with a game plan of renting it for a year or two so you don't have to worry about that. Well, again, if the market were to adjust or disappoint you and you end up renewing a lease beyond that, you know, after two years, you start to play with fire getting close to that three-year mark where you've no longer lived in it for two of the last five years. Again, I'm not a tax advisor. I just encourage you to get educated on these things before you make these decisions. The next thing to mention would be the option of paying down your new mortgage. If you have uh, you know, since moved into a new home with a new mortgage, and let's go back to that $100,000 example where you have that equity in the home. Well, if you were to pull that equity out, and an idea that gets overlooked so many times would be to get that equity and just throw it at your new mortgage. Did you know that if you had a $400,000 mortgage, and let's say you just purchased this home, it's a new 30-year mortgage, and you were to take $100,000 from the equity of that other home sale and just throw it at that new mortgage, you would actually eliminate 50% of the interest that you would pay over the life of that loan and save $130,000 in interest payments. 
So another really good option to think about using the equity versus renting it out. And the last thing I'd leave you with this is, you know, if you're gonna be a, uh, an investor, if you're gonna be a landlord, you know, do you wanna own one property or do you truly have a commitment and goal to work towards owning five, six, 10 properties? Uh, you know, when you own a rental property, it definitely takes time and attention and mental bandwidth uh, away from other things that you're doing or working on. So are you truly committed to becoming an investor, in which case maybe it's a great way to start with your current home uh, that you're considering, but use it as a, a goal of working your way towards more properties. Owning one investment property is not usually recommended by financial advisors or, or myself for that matter. So I guess in summary, you know, make sure you're not trying to, to fit a round peg in a square hole. Uh, a good home doesn't always mean a good rental. It may, it may be great, but the most important thing I can leave you with is get the professional guidance that you need, get all the cards on the table, look at the other options, look at the return on equity, look at the neighborhood and the potential appreciation that you could realize uh, in all these things to make a wise decision for you and your family. Uh, I hope you found this valuable. If so, please share this content. I'm sure you know somebody uh, that's probably you know, weighing these decisions right now that could find some value in this. I also ask that you subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can get future real life episodes as well as our podcast on iTunes and Google Play Store. Uh, so again, thank you for tuning in to Real Life at Level 10. Uh, whatever it is you're doing, whatever it is you're walking through, do it at a level 10 and live with the results.